I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels. And I'm Don Tess, better known as the Don of Beer. Welcome to the 31st episode of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. This week on the show, we are going to be talking about all things pastry. Is it all mm, delicious? Mm, pastry. Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And if you're feeling generous, visit our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. No fancy gimmicks here, people. Just a nice shout out to tell people that if they enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star review. Yes, uh, it really does help us reach a wider audience. So please do that. And now back to the show. Don, I know you've got opinions about pastry stouts. Tell me what they are. Um, I don't think anybody's ever accused me of having opinions. <laughs> I made me uh, wheeze. I like that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think I love anything that people put thought into. I'm, I'm there for uh, any anything that people just like. Oh, I'm just, you know, fruity pebbles are popular, so I'm just going to dump them into a beer. I'm not mm-hmm. in for that. So, but uh, but I think that there's, uh, I think there's room for both of those things Hmm. uh and i appreciate the one maybe less so the other uh yourself and so i'm not gonna lie i'm they're not my favorite and this is why um i think it's i'm very sensitive to high alcohol so a lot of them are 10 percent plus and they come in like a big can or a big bottle and so i will say that on snow days special Mm. occasions or as a dessert where it's the beer is just the pairing itself where it's dessert I yep. really, really do enjoy them. It's some there's something about snow days um that call for a pastry stout. When you're inside, you have snow days in Calgary. You you know you have snow. I highly recommend <laughs> pastry stout in a snow day. That's my uh that's my pairing. That's uh one of the best pairings. So Okay. Yep. Give it a try. I will uh, try that. Yeah. If you would like to help support the All About Beer podcast, reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. And speaking of supporting the show, here is a word from our current sponsor. Malt Europe Malting Company is based in North America, specializing in growing and producing quality malts for the craft beer and distilling industries. With local farms and malt houses spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, Malt Europe Malting Company's commitment to excellence is fully ingrained into every batch it produces, ensuring breweries and distilleries of any size can create the finest beverages on the planet. Visit MaltEuropeMaltingCo.com to learn how Malt Europe Malting Company can support your malting needs. Contact Malt Europe Malting Company at customer success at MaltEurope.com or dial 844-546-MALT for questions or to place your order. Lindsay Langton is the creative director at Bottle Logic Brewing, a former Disneyland resort tour guide. Lindsay developed a love for storytelling through hospitality and went on to open a series of restaurants, including California Adventures Carthay Circle, where she developed the beer education program used throughout the Disney parks. With a trusty team of fellow innovators, she now designs Bottle Logic's barrel blends, brand portfolio, market strategies, and guest experience. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So you guys are known I mean, you make a lot of different stuff, but you are known for your stouts. I was at the Great American Beer Festival and I was walking around with some of my friends from the Denver area. And anytime they saw a line 
they were like, we have to wait in this line. <laughs> and the bottle logic line is always very, very long. Um, one, because your beers are excellent. Two, Thank you do win a slew of awards. And three, do you think that this your stouts are the driver here? Or I mean, what's 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 the buzz about uh bottle logic? Like why you guys are like knocking it out of the park. What's the what's the secret? Thank you. All really kind words, and they're all really appreciated. Um, yeah, I think for a long time we've been kind of known as the House of Stout. Um, we've started doing uh, a little bit more of that crazy um, fruit smoothie moment, and people have leaned into that with us. So when when we've got uh, something like Great American, and we're trying to cast a wide net and appeal to lots of different folks who might be seeing us for the first time in that in that new area. We're pretty new to uh, distributing in the Colorado region. So we're trying to intentionally bring a, a wide swath of our portfolio there. Um, but it's it, it really kind of always comes back to the Stouts for us. And it's cool to see, uh, it's cool to be able to connect people with like brands that they've heard of and, and things that they come looking for and to be able to pull out a bottle and say, yeah, man, it's here. It's here for you. We know that you've been looking for it. It's, it's rad to connect people with that. Have you guys always been making pastries? Like when did, when did you start being like, you know, we should add uh, marshmallow or <laughs> vanilla to this. When was, uh, when did Is that happen? Coconut. Um, so we I really guess kind of entered the map in a big way with fundamental observation. This is our bourbon barrel age stout that we're aging in cask in the last couple of months with um, Madagascar vanilla beans that we process and introduce into the cask. That's the only thing that we're aging um, with an adjunct in the barrel as far as our brands go at least. And then um, that's something that we put together for the first time in 2015 and it's wild. Like I can, I can still distinctly remember having our steering meeting and trying to plan like, Hey, we've got a stout that's just about ready to, uh, you know, build a brand with and make an identity for what, uh, what are we thinking? And we could have gone with coconut and could have gone vanilla and ended up picking vanilla. And that really was kind of what catapulted us into the, the beer drinker's eye. Hmm. Can, can I ask how the, the decision was made between coconut and vanilla like did you do a taste test or so man we should for sure talk about taste uh, like benching ingredients of choice because at this point we probably have more like coconut and vanilla vendors than we do hop vendors oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but um oh gosh uh, at that time, we were all really hyped on uh, Goose Island and Vanilla Rye, mm. and that was like the big, the big moment, um, the big hype moment, I guess, in in beer going on at that time. And so we were in awe of that, and and kind of saw a path there. If people are into that, maybe they'll be into what we think we'd like to create in a vanilla moment. Mm. Cool. Thank you. Vanilla, yeah, moment. I just want... vanilla moment is a great name for a beer. Like that. <laughs> that's true too. I want, I want, a, I want, and that's free. Yeah, it's a free beer name. I've I actually, I don't know. You can look it up on Untapped. Um, I want a vanilla moment. Don, do you want to like? I kind of want to. I like, I like that. What? Uh, at M, as you know, I I love recording this podcast 
with you. But the one thing I don't like is that we start start talking about these beers and I get thirsty and like right now at this moment I would like to have a vanilla moment I would also like to have a vanilla moment but I it's three o'clock and I still have work to do and what are the usually the ABVs of your pastry stouts yeah you go you guys go high or like try to keep it low I always feel like pastry stouts are like I just bought a pastry stout 16 percent sure was that barrel aged (laughs) or is it a fresh liquid it was barrel aged yeah so we um two two prong answer i guess we did for a little while pre-pandemic um fresh pastry stouts that were really popular and we sold those in 16 ounce cans um and those hovered around eight percent broadly um and maybe if we're feeling crazy it'll get up to ten percent um and post pandemic the the demand for those has just like absolutely been annihilated i think people are like if i'm committing to a pastry stout it's either gonna be let's go all the way let's do the top shelf barrel aged high abv like full experience or not waste my time which is fine and and being able to recognize that trend and and not put those beers into our schedule anymore has been you know an intelligent business progression but anyway the barrel aged versions of all of these things, which really is kind of where it started. And then we've elected to say, oh, well, what if we made these a little more sessionable with the the fresh side of it? Um, But the barrel-aged heart of what we're doing really hovers around a 14%. Um, Sometimes we'll kick all the way up to like 16. Um, The last a year and a half of releases have tempered more around a 13. Um, but I, I I like most of our brands to stay right at a 14. I think that heat mm-hmm. from the from the liquid itself kind of tempers any big sweet from any post-barrel adjunct that we're hitting it with. Uh, yeah, that, thank you for that. Because I was going to ask, does the alcohol actually do something and 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 it does. So yeah, yeah. I think great. it keeps your palate. I'm fresh is such a tricky word, especially with big monster like sugar beers, but to give your palate and your brain uh, a path, I think is something that's really important to me as I blend. And as we bench adjuncts on these, I don't want to bore you. I don't want things to stay just in one place. I want there to be a starting point and a movement and a finishing point. Thank you for that. Yeah. that's So how many different pastry stouts are you guys currently making? Or are you just, do you just have, have, excuse me, have like one brand and then you do extensions of them or are there different, like what, what, like what's your, what's your trajectory when we're talking? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I'm going to give you a big old messy answer. Yay. (laughs) The answer is yes to all of that. Um, So for a while, we were producing, gosh, and I guess I should put a timeline on this. We were producing um, probably two barrel-aged beers, um, maybe three barrel-aged beers a quarter in like 2015 to twenty. 17 and then um we 
really started to respond to the demand, frankly, and, and skew our brewing, our literal like brewing schedule uh, to better support what people were asking for. We frustrated a lot of people for a long time with um, uh, what, what seemed like exclusivity. And I guess it was, if you can't get it, it's exclusive, but that was never the intention. So trying to respond and meet demand and, you know, make smart choices for our business, of course, uh, if, if we're leaving money on the table, how can we solve that? Um, and then come late 2017, early 2018, we tried to tried to hit this banner, uh, target of hitting at least one barrel aged stout or barrel aged release a month. And then, uh, it's kind of gone gangbusters since then we've, we've got a crack team of, of production folks who are just really diligent, really organized and moving things forward with like a predictable clip has been a night and day difference in what we're able to produce um, and at a predictable cadence. So um, that said, we have a handful of brands that we release annually uh, that people expect to see, right? We do, of course, fundamental observation every summer with the the Madagascar vanilla beans. In February, generally around Valentine's Day, we do Jam the Radar, which is um, a riff on the Dark Star November base, which again is rye focused in the malt build. Uh, and we're treating that post barrel with cacao nibs and chocolate and raspberry purees of like a black and a red raspberry, depending on the year or sometimes both to kind of hit this, like a, like a chocolate truffle Valentine's moment. Um, gosh, we've always got dark star. We've usually always got space trace, which is a, a chocolate and coconut fiesta. Um, I'd say there are probably six pastry stouts that are reliable annual releases. And those are all inherently different recipes. So we're not just making like big vats of stout and pulling it out with yeah. like some raspberries. Right. Yeah. So there are brands that become um, bases for other projects like dark star November, uh, which we're coming into our 10th vintage of this this Thanksgiving season, which should be a cool release. Nice. Uh, but that's become a, a starting point for a lot of our beers. So like I mentioned, we'll take that base and treat it with the chocolate, raspberry, cacao nibs, and it becomes Jam the Radar. We've done a riff further on that where we're adding um, peanuts and peanut butter and brown sugar. And then it becomes like a, uh, ideally like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So that's comb the desert, staying in that space balls kind of naming <laughs> strategy. Um, we've blended popular beers together. So the space trace, which is a cacao and coconut beer with its own recipe, uh, was something that like guests started blending with, uh, jam the radar again, oh chocolate raspberry thing and that became space jam and so we've started releasing that as like a, a formally produced liquid so um i think in the longest winded answer uh possible we've got a lot of different brands and i think what's fun about having that different stout base is that we can apply a bunch of different adjuncts to 
anything, but it's not going to express the same way, which is kind of why earlier when I referred to having so many uh, coconut vendors, like one, one coconut product is not going to express the same way across all of those stout bases. So it's a lot of benching, a lot of test and adjust. And I think that's what keeps things really interesting for us. Uh, that's so, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> that's so much. That was yes. I'm sorry. So, no, um, I love it. This is sort of kind of maybe in the same vein, but then, so what is the secret to making a great pastry stout? I think that a lot of non-brewers think, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of sweetness. So you just take a bunch of coconut and you just dump it in there. But it sounds like you put a lot of thought into um, the flavor profile you want and how you, how you achieve it. So like what, how, how do you do it? That's <laughs> What are the secrets? Yes. Uh, well, going into it, I think something that's really important um, that I don't know a ton of other breweries are doing, like uh, peers of ours that we collab with and, and, you know, swap secrets with are probably doing this for the most part. But I think a lot of breweries are, are kind of thinking that you can just take your 9% stout and throw it in barrels and then it becomes magic like that that's not it. That's not accurate. So we're brewing to barrel age. So we're making beers that start at like a 32, 36 Play-Doh. We're fermenting it down to like 14, 18, maybe. Um, this is like a four to a six hour boil. Like we're making monsters. Yeah. In, in, yeah. We're making monsters to put in these casks. And then like, uh, choosing your casks is uh, such a huge component of this, right? Like I'm looking for bourbon and a, an exceptional bourbon. And that's um, been a unique challenge the last couple of years trying to source um, from, from tertiary like cooperage brokers because the, <laughs> because it doesn't really work like, like big houses, can sell all, sorry, big bourbon houses can sell all of their casks to Scotland with like the click of a button. And so when you've got, I don't know, however many 5,000 craft breweries like screaming in the background being like, please, please just give us three. We want three casks. They're like, yeah, no. Yeah. So we work with Cooperage, Cooperage brokers um, and it's been tricky to get some exceptional stuff recently because I think the caliber of beer production. I think a lot of people now are making really excellent liquid and they're all, we're all looking for the same stuff now barrel wise. So it's a little bit harder of a fight and that's where, you know, longstanding relationships um, come into play and we're lucky to have some really great relationships across the industry. And so we can, I don't know, go in with folks from the brewery or modern times or whatever and kind of command a large purchase and then split it out together looking for what we need. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's nice. Collaboration to make sure that yeah. you guys are all getting this, the things that you need. Yeah. Totally. Sourcing it's, you. Like, yep. it's like the best uh, possible use of like a, a brewer's guild, right? Like mm -hmm. we all know that we print on a black t-shirt. Can we just buy thousands of them and then split them out and get a better rate? So trying to move move business forward with an intelligent kind of look from that direction. I think being smart about where you can save money and where you can use purchasing power as a larger group. If you've got friends or peers that you trust to go in on making a big purchase, that's 
I'm trying to bring this back around. I lost myself. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> yeah. trying to trying to get these barrels um, is a big deal, and it's such a big part of the flavor that's going to affect this liquid. It's spending twelve to fourteen to sixteen months um, for most of our projects. We're we're sitting there for about a year, if not a few months longer. We do a couple of things with some fun collaborators like Toppling Goliath or um, the Voodoo Boys that have sit for 24, 26 months. So I'm thinking of the barrel almost as a a primary ingredient. So I'm trying Mm -hmm. to source impeccable, important, interesting, delicious barrels as we're even starting to talk about what recipe we're trying to build. And it's because of the residual flavor of the bourbon that was in it, or it's because the oak is is better from these uh, uh, whiskey makers? I, I'd say column A, column B, but a little okay. bit more, of the, a little bit more of the former. I think um, there's perhaps your podcast listeners know there's some pretty strict rules about the wood with which uh, bourbon barrels can be made. Um, and there's, I don't know, s- slight variations from different houses on how, what they're looking for, what they treat it with. Um, but by and large, I am looking for uh, exactly that, the character of the the bourbon that was in it or, or any okay. So we've played with um, scotch and mezcal and tequila um, with like white wine barrels that had formerly held tequila. Um, yeah, kind of kind of getting, getting a little bit out there with some of the more cocktail uh, inspired beers that we do. And again, this is totally veering out of the pastry stout arena but uh sourcing barrels is a is a big deal we put a lot of time and energy toward it and i think that is paramount to uh our our pastry stout success okay i have Um, not i have not heard you talk about lactose yet uh, oh boy i would love to just like stop talking about lactose because (laughs) i think a lot of people think oh i want to make a pastry stout i'm just going to take that like what you said nine percent stout and I'm going to dump a bunch of lactose in it and then boom, and I'll put some donuts in it. And then there's my pastry stout. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We created the pastry stout. You guys aren't doing that. You're doing long boils. You're doing, what yeah. are you, what are so you doing I mean, to like get, you know, that full, that fullness? I mean, you're talking long boils really? and long aging times, but yeah, I'm, I'm not hearing you talk about it. I only saw on your website, marshmallow once. <laughs> um, there is a lot of marshmallow and there's a lot of coconut. And, um, but before that, it really comes down to building these high, high Play-Doh. Uh, like I'm shooting for viscosity in my malt decisions, right? Like, and how long we're boiling it, how much, like, how hard can I condense this thing? Um, and then like, when I'm pulling it out of casks, you're tasting flat liquid. And so it's not always the most perfect like indicator of how this is going to go, but you get a pretty good read. Like if you're swirling your glass and you see this liquid, like slowly melting down the side of your cup, that's a pretty, pretty solid indicator indicator that things went really right. Um, Unless you didn't plan for it and things went really wrong. But when we're, finishing in a beer like post barrel i should say with an adjunct um 
I'm going more for taste at that point. I'm not leaning on like marshmallows or coconut to build viscosity. Although there is going to be like the slightest bump in that, which is cool, but that's not, that's not where I'm building it. I think lactose is, uh, I don't know. It had its, it had its moment in the sun. And then I think we all learned better techniques. Mm. Um, I don't, if, if you want to use it, great. I think it's always just tricky to polarize your product. Like I'm, I'm cutting a segment of people who can't enjoy our product out of our, of the net we're trying to cast because they can't digest it. So, and, and we know better and like, we know a better way to achieve what we would have been achieving with lactose. So why not just move that direction? Lactose is, is to um, pastry stouts as Citra is to IPAs. <laughs> I like Citra. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think I interrupted you, Em. Oh, no, go ahead, Don. Oh, I, I want to ask um, for for these pastry stouts, uh, you know, you do a lot of them and they're they're different. I'm, w- I'm wondering what the inspiration is. Do you, are you at the donut shop and you eat one and you go, oh, I want to make this in beer form or... Do you just uh, dream of flavors and wake up thinking, oh, I have to make this beer that I just dreamt? Or where where do you get your ideas from? Um, that's a fun question. Um, and my, like, I am fortunate to have rad restaurants all around us here in Southern California. Um, some Some good culinary friends that are always helping us experiment and introducing me to new things. And like, hand to God, I'm out at so many, like when my boyfriend and I go to dinner or whatever, I'm always come dessert course. Like I can make a beer out of this. This could be a beer, right? This could be great. So a lot of culinary uh, uh, experience there. That's, that's shaped a lot of what we're doing in the brew house. Um, And just a general eagerness to, to fuck around and find out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is, so you guys, so I've gone to the festival of wooden barrel aged beers in Chicago yeah, and, uh, which is a wonderful festival. I haven't gone in the past few years, but it's a great one. Uh, you, yeah, they are very good to you. You guys have won a lot of awards there. You've also won a fair amount of awards for your stouts. Um, why do you, why do you think that is? Why, you know, are you, is it good brewing? Is it just like, I've, I've had your stouts and they're excellent. Um, like, what do you think you're doing that like takes those boxes that you can get those gold? I mean, yeah, you've, you've really like, every time you guys are, I'm like, of course, <laughs> like, it's, almost, it's, it's almost expected. You, can, you, can, you, you say the name along with the MC at the same time. Like, Bottle yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. That's very kind. And Fovab has been, um, an incredible showcase for us, um, maybe an unexpected answer to this is Wes, our brewmaster uh, and I go to Fobab and enter our stuff and like, you know, cross your fingers and send your prayers up and see what happens. But more than that, the reason that we go to Fobab is we want to know what our peers are doing. Um, So it's in every way, a reconnaissance mission. I should call it like a reconnaissance gauntlet because we're drinking every 
every entry that's on the floor. Um, oh. And it is a, a real time. <laughs> um, but, but, but knowing what your peers are doing and um, finding stuff that is intriguing, that's wildly successful is almost as important as finding the things that are lackluster that are, I guess, passe, right? Like, mm. and trying to, trying to kind of eke out where beer is going and how we can be forward moving, how we can be in front or how we can just start exploring the next thing that we think is going to be fascinating. Um, I think it's probably irresponsible if I don't in the same breath mention um, we, we don't pick up awards for pastry stouts. We pick up awards for the non-adjuncted stuff, which is really cool because I think it shows that there's incredible technique and diligence on our production team side um, for the liquid that's at the heart of this. Oh. Um, but yeah, like this was the first year that Great American had a uh, dessert stout category where we'd been like, trying to hide all of these pastry stouts in like the chocolate beer or the wood and barrel age. And it's just like, they're not traditional enough to make sense as winners in those really formalized categories. So um, yeah, I, I am heartened that our, our unadjuncted bases uh, take home some hardware. And I am heartened that our pastry stouts uh, sell very well, whether or not they pick up hardware. <laughs> so I've got uh, one more question. So um, a lot of beer geeks poo-poo the pastry stout. Mm -hmm. um, what, do you have anything, any thoughts on that? Um, I think, uh, I think you drink what you like, man. And yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't. I I drink what other people like. No, yeah, I <laughs> personally, like, give me that rancid liquid. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know, right? Like, it, nothing. It doesn't have to be so serious, you know. Like, there's there's plenty of serious beer that we make that that I kind of just mentioned, like, gets pretty serious accolades, which is really cool. Um, and then you know, sometimes you gotta throw a bucket of marshmallows at some shit. <laughs> You know, you were mentioned earlier about about getting inspiration from restaurants. And I guess if I can draw on that analogy, pastry chefs are just as much chefs as, as you know. Oh, in every oh, way. Sure. Right. So pastry stouts is like, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Right. So. And yeah, I think there's um, certainly a, a caliber that we seek out. Um that we require of our beers um, just internally, uh, which is why we're going to try 16 different coconut products and get ovens and roast it ourselves so we can capture like all those oils that are volatizing. I want that in my liquid. I don't want that to be in the nuts.com kitchen, like losing all that magic before it gets to me. Like I want, oh. I want to control um, all of the facets of production that we can to really level up every ingredient that we use in every way that we use it. So I think there is um, 
I don't know, like for, for so long, we would see people like, you know, throwing cakes into their mash tuns and like, Oh, it's a pastry stout. We did it. And like, it's good for the gram, right? Like I get needing to feed the algorithm. I put dumb shit on my Instagram too. Um, but at a certain point, like I'm, I'm not putting anything in there that is not going to make the beer better. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. that sure. Is, yeah. That is and, yes. and I like that you roast your own coconut and, and preserve the oil because that has MCTs in it, which makes your beer healthy. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Done. That's a those ovens has been a, a pretty recent. We've had them for uh, let me say like six months now. It might be a little shorter, but we've been roasting uh all of our coconut through them and all of the nuts that we order because again, like like getting that volatized oil is where the magic of those ingredients lies. And so uh, ordering it from offsite and having it just show up and having like popping it in a, a bright tank to recirc on, like you'll get some character, but it's, it's, you're missing the magic of it. So that's been a, a game changer for us just this past year. Oh, huh. awesome. That is, I didn't even think about that. You're really, so you're like, you're being, you're like chefs and brewers <laughs> basically yeah. well i mean like you know you're like make their i don't know you're cooking your own stuff to add and you're doing it your way which yeah, yeah. proves yeah it shows that you guys really care about what you're doing yeah you're well, not just throwing a cake yeah i mean cake and i've had some really good oreo beers where there's been sure. like crushed oreo at the bottom of the and i'm like god oh, i'm not mad at this um <laughs> oreo but it's, is yeah. hard like that's such a hard flavor to nail because like so it's such a bitter bitter chocolate mm. and then you've got that like preservative note to it which is such a weird thing to try to like bring into your liquid but people expect that character if you're going to call it oreo right mm. it's wild that is yeah i didn't even think about that or like strawberry um please cut me off at any time by the way no 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 nope nope like like adding strawberry or raspberry oh strawberry is probably a better example like what people perceive to be strawberry because they've had you know like fanta or strawberry jolly ranchers then this just like pink fake chemical lab flavor is you know like what the public perceives to be strawberry versus like real fresh fruit or pureed fruit uh, and so it's it's wacky to try to walk that line of what is real and the real ingredients that you're using versus what people perceive they want as strawberry. And so we do a lot of bench testing. Uh, we use uh, uh, Draft Lab Pro in-house and basically we'll put an iPad in front of people and give them a cup uh, of whatever we're working on and have them objectively kind of just move through the paces of how does this liquid strike you if we tell you it's strawberry does this does this ring true or are you expecting something really different are you expecting that like jolly rancher bubblicious like thing mm. <laughs> you gotta I, use it and you gotta use a ton of strawberry too totally totally you gotta use so much strawberry like it's a pain in the you know what uh, and it's expensive Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we could talk about 
fruit and all this, but all right, we're, uh, yeah, <laughs> this has been really awesome. I want to thank you so much for, um, coming on as my cat tries to trip me. Um, geez. totally my pleasure. Sorry for the meandering answer. No, 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 that we are the meandering podcast. We love when we have guests on that discuss, like things that they're really passionate about, which you are passionate about how you guys make pastry stout and you do it a certain way and you're really proud of it. Yeah. And I, and I very much respect that. Thank um, you. Of course. Of so how, if people want to reach out to you, learn about your stouts, learn about the brewery, um, social media website, how yeah. can they, how uh, can they reach out? Instagram for better or worse is kind of where beer still lives. So we are bottle logic brewing there um we also post up all our uh, release news on our calendar at bottlelogic.com so if you are looking to come into town and want to line it up with uh, some kind of beer drop keep an eye on that um and then of course everything uh, gets announced like day by day on instagram cool awesome awesome uh Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the program uh we really really appreciate it and uh yeah keep making great beers you guys are knocking it out of the park Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be thank here. Thank you, Lindsay. Cool. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. All About Beer is back, and we're asking for your support to help provide the independent beer media this rich and colorful industry deserves. Visit our website, allaboutbeer.com, where we're frequently posting new content. And please consider throwing us a few bucks at patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. We have low-cost memberships for individuals and small and large companies alike. Every dollar goes to help produce new articles and podcasts. Malt Europe Malting Company is based in North America, specializing in growing and producing quality malts for the craft beer and distilling industries. With local farms and malt houses spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, Malt Europe Malting Company's commitment to excellence is fully ingrained into every batch it produces, ensuring breweries and distilleries of any size can create the finest beverages on the planet. Visit MaltEuropeMaltingCode.com to learn how Malt Europe Malting Company can support your malting needs. Contact Malt Europe Malting Company at customer success at MaltEurope.com or dial 844-546-MALT for questions or to place your order. After a few years of homebrewing, Bob Olson started brewing beer commercially in 2013. After 6.5 years of gypsy slash contract brewing in over 15 area facilities, Bolero Snort opened their own 16,000-foot square-foot production facility in the heart of the Meadowlands in 2019. As northern New Jersey's largest craft producer, they have expanded beyond their roots of boundary-pushing, sugar-lading suds. With a renewed focus on crafting high-quality hop-forward beers and lagers, they continue to hone their skills as, as one of the state's premier sour brewers, most recently winning silver at this year's GABF for their core, Jersey Vice, a tart session with raspberry and lime. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on. So uh, you guys make some interesting uh, beers. Um, I'm, I, no one can see this, but I'm doing beer in air quotes. Um, what I want to know right off the bat, I know you guys make pastry stouts, but you also do some other stuff with sours. Like, why? Why? <laughs> uh... Yeah, Why? Why? I guess, so we've always kind of, uh, at least internally, jokingly said that we take our, our beer very serious, just not ourselves. And I think uh, that kind of carries through in at least some of the liquid that we uh, that we produce here at Bolero. Um, certainly some of the, the more reputable 
brands that we produce, I guess, um, can get a little bit more off the wall. So, yeah. So like what, and why, I mean, I guess my other question is why do you like to make, you know, pastry stouts? I mean, and how, how long have you been making wacky beers like these? Cause you, you go all in with before, um, I mean, people weren't on, but before you were telling us that you had had to order three pallets of sherbet for, for a sour like that. I, I don't know a brewery that has like a Cisco, like, like restaurant account for beer sourcing. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's like wild to me. I'm like, that's a noodle scratcher, which I'm super into it and very excited that you guys are expanding what beer is, but just like, I, I, I have so many questions about what yeah, you absolutely. do. <laughs> like I, I don't um, even know where to so, begin, Don. <laughs> so, well, I guess so often when we're, you know, developing a recipe, um, you know, we'll try and select malts or different adjuncts that will help uh, evoke certain flavors of different confectionery treats and whatnot. But um, sometimes there's just nothing better than actually taking, you know, an abundance of something and jamming it into the beer. And that's, I think, part of the fun of what we get to do as craft brewers is push those boundaries and find those those crazy volumes of things that uh, it that that was a fun phone call calling our Cisco guy and being like so we need pallets of sherbet and online it only says there's like you know 57 bar, you know gallons in stock and I, I need three pallets of it and he's like you're joking right like for, for beer <laughs> um so you get a lot of a, a lot of head scratches but uh I think the end result is something closer to um, the what you're inspired by, right? Obviously, if you're putting that much of something in it, but you know, we've done plenty of cookies and cream stout that if you take those to not be named so as to not get us in trouble, chocolate cookies with vanilla, I don't know if I would call it frosting. It's yeah. it's something, right? Um, <laughs> you get to really, you uh, get a real perspective look at uh what preservatives do to those foods when you uh soak mm -hmm. soak beer on uh, a bunch of cookies for a week or two um and see see what's left and hasn't dissolved Ooh. makes you uh, oh, sometimes think twice yeah. about what you want to put into your body on a regular basis but at um, least what comes through in the beer is what uh what's good and what what did dissolve so that is interesting um you you sort of touched upon inspiration can you um Talk about that a bit more when you're developing a beer. What is the inspiration? Is it an ingredient or is it a nostalgic food or, or all of the above? Yeah. It's like the chicken or the egg, I guess. Um, sometimes it'll be, you know, Oh, I went, went out to a restaurant and had this really good, you know, dessert that was a tiramisu, but it had, you know, coconut flakes in it that I had never had. And it was like, okay, well, let's build on that, right? So sometimes it's real life. Sometimes it's, we come up with some crazy or off the wall name and then it's, well, what's the beer that fits this? Um, I think one of our, probably one of our internal favorite um, barrel-aged pastry stouts we did was um, BSG, one of the big uh, suppliers to our industry. They famously give away nut rolls. And I think it's around the holiday time, you start to see the seasonal nut rolls come out. And they had like a spicy churro nut roll. So we had that and that was definitely fought over by the uh, staff here in terms of who got to eat that when that one came in. But we're like, well, you know, putting peanuts is one thing, but how do you get some of those nougaty type flavors and then evoke the churro with 
cinnamon and some other spicing. Um, How do you get the nougaty? into the is it like a deep boil or lactose or additives like how did yeah how does typically not additives um yeah, at yeah. least for us right like we will put the product that might have a lot of mm. fake stuff into it into the beer but we try to avoid using just extracts um sure. and that's probably why we're often sourcing or going to the grocery store and buying you know oh fruity fr cocoa pebbles is on sale let's buy you know every every box that this store has and then go to the next one sign up with a different discount card number phone number to uh make it economical but um it's part of the fun of this i guess yeah what's oh. the what's the weirdest like of, out of your opinion the weirdest thing besides i need to talk i, about I was gonna say the sherbet. sherbet was probably the craziest i mean we've done almost any candy under the sun. I think at this point we did uh, have done a ton of sours with Skittles. We've done the peach ring thing. We've done, um, last Halloween, I guess we did a collab with district 96. Um, again, it was a sour base, not a stout. Sorry guys. Um, well, okay. but we, um, their, their big thing is the snakes. So we found these like three pound gummy snakes on the internet. And so we threw a bunch of those into this almost swamp colored sour that had coconut and I think blue raspberry and then these massive gummy snakes in it. So that was probably the most obscure, you know, like what's, what's this thing that just came in overnighted and it's all these boxes of individually packed three pound gummy snakes um, that got <laughs> tossed yeah, into a bright and conditioned. And now we have this very nice pasteurizer that helps make those beers a uh, lot more shelf stable so nice. oh i see yeah that's i never i don't think i've ever heard of a brewery using a large gummy snake yeah, <laughs> i don't think that's ryan heinzke but uh no huh. <laughs> we have those too we're canning up a fa fabulous euro lager today that we're all very proud of but uh oh they, nice. the thing people t tend to talk about are those uh those crazy adjuncted beers not always the uh well-executed ones not that your adjunct beers aren't well executed. They're just oh, different, yeah, no, different yeah. executed. <laughs> I, you, there's there's obviously a, a a little bit more room to to hide any sins when you're you know lo loading it up with a bunch of candy right. and sugar and fruit and things of that nature than a lager where if if you you had a hiccup in fermentation everybody's going to know it real quick. Um, right. But back um, to pastry stouts. I mean, we just did. Yeah. Um, we're just starting to come into stout season. So this was, you know, pretty aptly timed, obviously. Um, we know we, what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always used to have like this craving for stouts in like the middle of August when it'd be like a hundred degrees and be like, eh, it's been too many months of drinking light, light beers and, you know, wheats. Let's, let's, let's get some dark stuff going. And it would always make for a very painful next day. But um, anyways, I interrupted you. Yeah, uh, I was going to say upcoming stouts. Yeah. Yeah, no, we just uh, released a four, a variety four pack uh, this past weekend. Um, same pastry stout base. It came in at, I don't know, like 11, almost, somewhere between 11 and 12%. A lot of it went to the barrels, but we did uh, vanilla chai, which was fun to, I, it was the first time we've ever used a tea in a stout before, as opposed to, we've done it in some, some lighter beers and some sour beers, but never a stout. Um, we did a s'more, but got a local coffee roaster. So, you know, kind of not just doing the same thing everybody else is doing, but I guess maybe sometimes mashing a couple of things together to, uh, up the, uh, creativity aspect or make people say, oh, okay. Like, well, 
flavored coffee as opposed to just another coffee stout. Um, trying to think the uh, coffee s'mores, spicy hot chocolate was one of them. That was a whole lot of hot hot cocoa powder that uh, okay. went into that one. We didn't quite have to abuse the Cisco rep for that one the same way, but. And... I, still, I still love that you have a Cisco rep. <laughs> oh yeah like, it, like you're it, like a tavern or a dive bar you know like, <laughs> she she calls us on the regular too she's like yeah. how's everything going like what do you guys what projects do you have coming <laughs> up she's looking for that next three pallet of sherbert order <laughs> I, and i love not only do you have a cisco rep but that you you amaze her like you are just as yeah she is just as puzzled by this as as well as i mean you know where if you think about like where some of those type of salespeople get to go on a regular basis i think walking into a brewery is probably one of the more unique accounts so right and i don't know i think part of what makes this industry special is the people that are a part of it and that you know artistic driven side of things and that's what kind of pulls not just consumers in, but these vendors that we work with that, you know, don't always get to experience uh, us brewing folks. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about recipe development? Like you talked about these, uh, this four pack of, of stouts, you get this idea, which is great. And then do you just like, okay, let's order, you know, three pallets of chocolate syrup or, or do you do test batches? How do you, how do you get the right balance of ingredients? Uh, at this point, it's much more of a, uh, we'll call it a series of educated guesses, right? So it's yeah. maybe we haven't put two of those adjuncts together, but we've used them separately or in some different combinations. So a lot of time it comes to that, but we spend a lot of time actually blending. So we'll kind of start by resting a product on whatever the adjuncts might be for that stout. Um, and then either if it's a, some sort of a liquid product, then we can inject it or we have this, we call it the QBOT. Um, it's a secondary tank with a bunch of different screens that allows us to throw various adjuncts into it and kind of recirculate the beer on it. Um, and so it's like, well, this, you know, we, we put a bunch of bags of coconut in, but the coconut's not coming through and we don't have the time to let it sit for another month. So we can jam even more coconut into this side thing and kind of recirculate it and really extract the flavors out of some of those adjuncts that way. And it's really letting the beer dictate and tell us when it's ready as opposed to the other way around. Right. Um, Do you have any other, cause you just mentioned the it's uh, the QBOT is your. <laughs> That's what we get. So uh, <laughs> our equipment's all from uh, QTS quality tanks. Uh, nice. Good stuff. Um, and so we actually, it was, I think they actually sell it on the regular. We kind of helped pilot it for them, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it had a name. We just called it the cutie bot. Um, yeah. cause it's cute. We have, you know, 30, 60s and nineties and this little three and a half barrel thing on wheels looked very cute by comparison to the big monsters that are in our facility. But, uh, it it's got a couple different screen sizes you can either load the adjuncts into the center and recirculate beer on the outside um it's i guess similar to like a, a hop rocket that a lot of places sure. okay people might be a little bit more familiar to it's just wider and has a bunch of different screens to allow us to put a host of different adjuncts in i mean when we're making the skittle sour we load them in there and that way the skittles slowly dissolve um during fermentation, uh, I mean, God, cute. I don't know how we functioned without it. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, we got a couple of different methods. That's that's a, a big one that we use in our sours and our stouts for really getting a lot of extraction out of these various adjuncts. Um, we have a couple of slotted stand pipes. So we do a uh, couple different sours where we'll source hundreds of donuts from local bakeries or uh, we got a farm that we do an apple cider donut that we picked up like a thousand donuts. I think there's something like a third of a donut in every can of beer when you do. Oh my them. gosh. <laughs> but that, you know, it all gets bagged up and put into a tank with this big standpipe that allows it to all those bags to not get sucked down into the, uh, the absolute <clears throat> when you're drawing the beer out of the tank and sits on those donuts for a week. And then it's uh, not the prettiest thing to clean afterwards, but mm. the end result is very tasty. That yeah, that is I I I didn't even think about the equipment you would need to do the things that you do, um, because in my head you're just dumping stuff in, but that is going to be a huge pain in the ass because then that's <laughs> like I I brewing is already like mostly cleaning anyway, and then when you're adding yeah. stuff to a, like and then clog, is there any like? Oh, we've had, we have had many a clog. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we could, I don't know if I want to deal with the PTSD of bringing up some okay. of the, okay. uh... we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, some, you know, there's a lot of trial and error with using kind of equipment that nobody's ever used or different ingredients in that sense. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, we, we didn't bag this, but we should next time, um, hmm. you know, so cookies and stuff like that can really break down and that almost like can turn into like sludgy concrete at the bottom. So those now get bagged as opposed to just waiting for them to dissolve because they don't completely dissolve. Where something like a Skittle, there's nothing left. It's, it becomes one with the the beer. Hmm. Um, and I've never, I've, yeah. everything in between. I, I'm trying to think, gosh, there was something that whatever it was it literally came out looking exactly like it went in and we're like nothing should sit in liquid for a week like that and not change <laughs> at all <laughs> uh, yeah that's yeah like a mcdonald's burger or whatever yeah the, you're like leave it out you're <laughs> like oh this mcdonald's has been sitting out for three <laughs> years and it looks the same as the day i picked it up yeah it was it was one of those moments uh um, What's like the viscosity like when you add stuff like this? Is there changes? I would assume there are. Like what I, I have unfortunately never had any of your beers, so I don't know. We'll have what... to change that, especially yes. also in the Northeast. Yes, so. true. I am a couple of mere. You're, uh, are you in the? It says you're in the metal. You're in the metallands, metal right? Yeah, we're right so, down the street from uh, MetLife Stadium. So if you're, I am a in... huge Giants fan. Although oh, right I'm now, I'm sorry. It's, then, <laughs> it's, hey, being a New York sport fan tough right now rough um, rough lately yes yes so i will have to do that but uh, I, yeah no uh, it, cer it certainly will increase the viscosity um a lot of times in addition to the loss that you'll see on um the absorption that like say a cookie has then when you go to package it there's a lot of sediment that'll go to the bottom so you really have to be cognizant when you're packaging to make sure that mm. that's not making it into the end product cuz i don't know murky and sludgy things do not go over well um unless you're talking about heavily fruited sours and then i guess that's the kind of the definition right people like the chunk sometimes <laughs> you know like i've gotten some smoothie sours at breweries where it's just 
like it just looks like puree but to me oh, that's yeah. still that's still beer you know oh, yeah. i mean it's i'm not i'm not mad about that yeah no i i mean we do we do a lot of those so um, yeah but it you definitely i mean depending on we use a lot of ice cream powders and like the hot chocolate powders those will always increase the viscosity um the cookies it's i don't know sometimes it's more of even like a mouthfeel difference mm. like it's kind of hard to describe it's not that the actual viscosity really changed but the perceived viscosity is higher because of the mouthfeel changes due to resting on the adjuncts what what are the what's the abv of most of your pastry stouts is it quite high or are you making lower we make dare, a couple dare, different... dare i say sessionable <laughs> <laughs> we uh we have you know the ones that are more in the 10 11 12 percent range and then uh I don't think we've ever done any like 6% pastry stuff, but okay. we have um, actually today they're brewing um, the 8% pastry base for, we did a rainbow cookie inspired stout last year as a barrel. Oh, nice. And so this year we're going to do it as a non-barrel age. So it gets raspberry and conditioned on almonds. Um, the chocolate really comes through just from the base beer. So hmm. are any, yeah, any excited for that one this year? That sounds super good. Um, are, is that one super pop? Like, do you, is there certain beers that you make that are like really popular pastry wise, uh, more so than others, or is just everything quite? You know, people are. I mean, people it's, love the pastry. I was going to say our pastry. It's more, I guess, the the base that just kind of, or we have a couple different bases that we draw on depending on what the the adjuncts are, or if it's you know imperial stout versus imperial porter um, type of thing, but. Uh, really for us, the, the pastry game is more the rotational aspect. So we've had a couple of beers that have popped in and popped out, you know, every, every so often, but a lot of times it's, let's do something new and different and keep people excited when it comes to that realm. So you're constantly innovating is what you're, so there's never yeah, anything that's excited. <laughs> yeah. I thought like, so there's nothing that you make that people, I mean, it pops in or out, but there's no like one that you make every year or uh we do a, a couple we do a bergen county with uh, bergen county okay. Bulls out is our <laughs> our barrel aged uh oh, that's, that's very that comes out comes out the week before black friday wink oh <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you're so, talking so that's about a, that's yeah. a that just series. gave me goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so that that's a series that people look forward to but a lot of times we do mix up the the adjuncts with that one as opposed to keeping it consistent so we have a couple things like that probably the most um consistently brewed over the 10 or 11 years would be we do uh my partner scott is a massive lebowski fan fan so nice. we do a white russian inspired and sometimes that's in a non-barrel age sometimes it's in a barrel aged but he drinks a lot of them so we've got the perfect uh, palette when it comes to blending that one because he has spent a lot of years drinking a lot of milk on Friday nights. <laughs> um, uh. So like some people think of pastry stouts as gimmicky or like not really beer. What, what would you say to them? Uh, I mean, I guess they're entitled to their opinion. Um, okay. I you're I, I, you know, like, <laughs> you're not out there. I, I think the I, you're never going to change, you know, somebody's opinion. I think that's really rooted in that, right? Like somebody who's truly like Reinsdale, like it's, it's not beer if it's not just this, like, okay, like 
that's I think what's lovely about our industry is there's not as many breweries as exist if people's palates weren't all different and things are subjective. But um, you know, at the base of it, obviously it's it's certainly beer. Um just because you're either putting adjuncts into it, be it real, or trying to evoke those flavors um, and brewing something more traditional. Um, you know, it's, what is the definition of beer at this point, right? Like, I mean, technically some of the hard seltzers on the market are technically beer. Um, or taxed, essentially. You yeah. know, like, yeah. so <laughs> um, it's, I, I don't know, it's, uh, have you ever, ever had anybody walk into the tap room, take a look at the menu and like, nope, I'm out? Uh, n- not not really. And I think yeah. part of okay. that for us is we have a very wide range of beers in our tap room. There's a lot of places that, you know, it's, hey, you know, M, let's go meet up at Brewery ABC. And I was like, well, I'll go, but I'm only, you know, I don't really drink IPAs and stouts and that's all they have, right? We, right. Um, really try and pride ourselves on having something that should fall into, you know, or at least get close to what somebody would want to drink because it's part of the experience, right? Then they have a part positive experience in coming here and hopefully want to come back as opposed to, oh, well, I'll go and I'll meet you there and we'll have one beer that I'll suffer through. And then let's go to the restaurant or bar down the road that has what I want to drink, right? So right. We, uh, I think really put a, a big focus on having a wide variety of offerings. So try to please as many people as possible (laughs) you've got one two three well i don't uh i was gonna say you have four lagers but one of your lagers is an imperial martin with cinnamon nutmeg clove ginger and vanilla (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) imperial pumpkin pie uh marzen wow yeah we took a traditional style and completely bastardized it because you know um i don't know we we did a, a marzen last year that took uh meddled at the u.s beer open and it was like well that was great and before that happened it took us i don't know six months to sell through the very small batch of it that we had where we're like oh if we we put pumpkin in it then we'll be able to sell a whole lot more of it so let's do that (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean that's you know it's kind of the unfortunate side of things i would love more of those people that are like this this aren't beer to go out and actually buy craft Mm -hmm. um because then we would get to brew more of those traditional lagers but yeah we we, we make a couple that are always available. Rage and Bull is our amber uh, lager that we've been making since day one. It's the only beer that we started with that still almost 11 years later is still in production and still produced uh, and regularly available. But our American lagers was far and away our best seller last year. Um, hmm. Like that. Let's, yeah. All right. We like making clear, clear beer. Um, yeah, you do it. It looks like you, you know, you have a good time, but then you also stick to, you know, you got a fest beer. Oh. And yeah. a Mexican lager. You know, I mean, it's brewed with salt and lime, but hey, that's yeah. Nice. Sometimes it's got you know a little bit of twist on it, and sometimes it's got a lot of bit of twist on it. It just kind of depends on, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes the it's a beer name that dictates what we do. Sometimes it's. Our sales guys are like, hey, we would really love to have this type of beer because it seems like a lot of people are asking for it. And sometimes it's, hey, let's go nuts and literally put literally. seven <laughs> types of nuts and coffee. Yeah. And, uh, we, did, yeah. we did a uh, Imperial Barley Wine last year that had uh, something like 13 different adjuncts. I think there were like seven types of nuts in it. And um, You're having fun is what it sounds oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's, you, that's the, you can't have fun. What's the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the the fun part about it is that like it looks like my last question was gonna be, do you think pastry stouts popularity will last? But you guys are doing it all. So even if it doesn't last, you can keep moving forward and having fun. And I think that's the most important thing. Pastry it's, lockers. Pastry, those, hey, those hey. Lockers, right? <laughs> oh my god we're gonna <laughs> yeah we're uh, making all yeah. about beer uh bolero collaboration pastry lager it's happening here first people donna okay. actually donna yeah. i love that you know how you know do you i just see the facebook comments and i am <laughs> they're gonna riot <laughs> we uh we a people couple episodes yeah like, we did stay a, away a, from a, our yeah. lagers don't put milk sugar in them we did a juicy lager episode because a brewery, two breweries in Oregon and uh, Washington State made a juicy lager and people were agitated. People did not like that. People yeah. did not like that. And you know what? I think... Uh, people who haven't tasted it yeah. were able to say that they didn't like it, which, you know, I'm not but, sure that their opinion is valid. Yeah, no, I don't. It's like, <laughs> I don't like the concept of this, so it must suck. Right. Yeah, right. and that's a lot. Yeah, so... Too, too but I want yeah. Let's uh. That sounds like a a lot of fun. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm into it. Let's start a trend, and then everyone will be mad at us, and but then people will talk about us, and so our content will grow. And I'm into just that. Once a week, just <laughs> have and then we can say we're It's just yeah. a secret yeah. project, right? Like, be like, what's your favorite street adjunct, and just Ooh. over your next ten mm. interviews, figure it out, and put all ten of them into a logger, and just watch the. I love. This is beer yeah, world on the internet explode. It's just uh, it's beer's fun. That's all I got it. That's all I got it. And that's what I'm going to end with. Beer's a good time, and yeah, this is yeah. I I think it's fun. Everyone drink beer, enjoy beer. Oh, that's all I got. Um. All right. Um. Don, any <laughs> other questions? No, I'm happy. I uh, I love uh, I love learning about the thought and artistry behind behind. Uh, beer so so thank you for that yes um if people want to learn about um bolero snort or reach out to you bob what can they do social media website yeah bolero snort.com uh it's our instagram tiktok twitter we somehow managed to secure secure them all with our uh crazy bull inspired name that uh also is the subject of much love and hate on the uh internet beer worlds but um yeah no if that or if you're in new jersey definitely come check us out try some of the beers that's uh at the end of the day the best way cool wonderful it's, um, it's, the, it's the only way to have a good time near metlife stadium yes <laughs> if you're a Unless giant Taylor yeah. swift is in town that's true there's a really good diner near there's a lot the, of really good diners there's a lot yeah you can just eat that's the best part about New Jersey. Whenever you guys want to come visit, we can go get some disco fries and drink some pastry lagers. That sounds <laughs> awesome. It's only like two hours from my house. Or right. how about disco fried pastry lager? Uh, that, uh, there might be lines. There might be lines. Uh, all right. This is over. All right, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great uh, one, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Bob. Cheers. Don, what did you think about uh, all things pastry? Uh, the, uh, I learned actually a lot more than I thought I would. I thought I would learn something, but then like the whole, you know, like what Lindsay was saying, like barrel sourcing. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, like I, 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 I was not, I mean, obviously I, I loved hearing um, Bob talk about getting three pallets of sherbet and all that, but, uh, 
but barrels i just didn't think of it i guess uh so i think that was really cool how about you what did you like i really enjoyed how when it's not just dumping stuff into the mash tun there's like special secondary equipment like that bob and bolero snort have where like that's really crazy to me how the complexities of making flavors and then same thing what Lindsay said when like how can i mimic and create something that tastes that what people perceive as tastes like this right when i can't just you know add strawberry and it's not going to taste like strawberry i need to like create it it's just was really fascinating how come again how complex beer is yeah yeah like it's it's i mean i know you love that stuff <laughs> uh i just think it's really unique how you know it's not just dumping skittles no. into the mash tun i mean you can do that but it's gonna be a pain in the butt and i just think it's just really fascinating it how yeah. how and how different bolero snorts process is versus bottle logics yet they're brewing the same type of beers but totally two different ways and there's so many different that, that's my favorite there's so many right ways to do things in beer that create the same thing and i love yeah. that i love that yeah. about beer i agree 100 percent. ah so cool um <laughs> visit the all about beer uh visit the website our website allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at all about beer and again if you're feeling generous please visit our patreon page patreon.com forward slash all about beer to support this show and others if you have any questions for the experts, email podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, or to inquire about supporting the show through advertising. So, Don, how can people reach out to you? Uh, I am at the Dawn of Beer on X threads and Instagram, and people can drop me an email at dawn at thedawnofbeer.com. How about you, Em? I am at Pints and Panels across all social media, and my website is www.pintsandpanels.com. Keep listening for a teaser of our next episode. Oh, so exciting. Oh. Malt Europe Malting Company is based in North America, specializing in growing and producing quality malts for the craft beer and distilling industries. With local farms and malt houses spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, Malt Europe Malting Company's commitment to excellence is fully ingrained into every batch it produces, ensuring breweries and distilleries of any size can create the finest beverages on the planet. Visit MaltEuropeMaltingCode.com to learn how Malt Europe Malting Company can support your malting needs. Contact Malt Europe Malting Company at customer success at MaltEurope.com or dial 844-546-MALT for questions or to place your order. So, Don, guess what our next episode is going to be about? Uh, I don't know. You have to tell me. Diastaticus. Yay, everyone's Yay. favorite. <laughs> Oh, that's super interesting. I really, um, you know me, I'm kind of a nerd. So I'm super what? looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think people, I think people may have heard about um, diastatic yeast, but there's also now issues with dry hopping and hop creep. So uh, that will be super cool. Yes, that episode will come out in two weeks. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the All About Beer podcast. Diastaticus. Diastaticus. <laughs> <laughs>